Hey guys, welcome to our podcast at the Clemson Foothills Church. We're glad you're here. Join us as we discover what the Bible says about Jesus loving God and serving each other. Feel free to visit our website at clemsonfoothills.com and find us on Facebook at Clemson Foothills Church. At CFC, we're just a group of people following Jesus and helping others do the same. So hopefully this podcast will be useful to you. Now let's dive into the episode for this week. Now with what we've been discussing for the past couple of months or so, um, I, I wanted to direct you to a resource that I'm not sure everybody is aware of. So if you go to our website, Okay, you can go to clemsonfoothills.com and you go there and you, you see the resources and the drop down and you go to the blog and then when you go to the blog, there's this site, this is what we've been talking about. What did he mean, right? And then you go and you push on that and that's not really showing up that well. David loves it when that font color is on because he's like, that's, I love that, I vibe with that. That's not my fault right there, okay? That's actually what's on the interweb. So, um, but it has um, resources and information and lessons and articles and videos and a lot of different things that are going right along with what we've been talking about. And so I really encourage you to take a look at that. Or if you've missed anything, go back. It's gonna be really important because when you jump right in in the middle of it, um, you, you're gonna miss some of kind of like this whole journey we've been taking so far. Uh, so what have we been talking about? We, we started off just wanting to find out from Jesus, well, what did he mean when he said some things, right? Uh, what did he mean when he was proclaiming the gospel and calling us to follow him and to be born again and all of these things? And Steve summed it up well. Essentially, it's the idea of discipleship in terms of, you know, so what, what, what are we talking about when we when we say the word discipleship, okay? We're not talking about a relationship with each other or something like that. We're talking about entering into a relationship with Jesus where we, we're consciously thinking in our minds, if he woke up in my body today, how would he live my life? How would he use my money and how would he use my time and how would he be at work? And how would he be in my classrooms? And how would he be with, his, with my friends? Like we're consciously working as his apprentice. Okay, so it's this, it's this learning process that we've been talking about. And we went through, we spent a number of weeks with the idea of, well, what did he mean when he said that? But now it's like, pump the brakes a little bit. How on earth did he mean for us to do that? Okay, because the bookends we used was his kind of opening teaching, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. And simply put, all of that means is Jesus isn't saying like it's, it's near, like coming soon. He's saying, no, it's near. It's among us. The kingdom of God is available. The king, he's, he's announcing himself as king. And that bookend, and then when he says, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And you know, when you don't stop and think through that, what, what is his expectation of a follower of his? It's not to be a church member. It's not to, it's not to just decide what, what we're going to go ahead and do. He's like, no, I expect that those who enter the kingdom of God will actually, in every way, follow me, not Keith, okay, but Jesus, and be transformed into a fisher of men, which was his way of talking to people who were fishermen. 
But he was saying, I'm going to transform the people who are in my kingdom to do the very things I'm doing. Like to take this very message out and to go and win people for the kingdom of God, okay? And we all know that has that right there, just that statement has all kinds of weirdness that comes along with it. And so, like, okay, well then how did he do that? You know, because at the end, all the way at the end of Matthew, he says, now go and do this. Go and make disciples of all nations and baptize them. And, and, and that sits in, in funny ways in different, you know, with, with different people. We've heard things, and what, what I'm asking you is that you allow your opinions to go away. That, that's what I've asked from the beginning for us, is allow the filters that we read the word with to, to be restored to the filters that he is asking us to read his word through. All right? And I know, listen, if you're going to church you automatically think the way you've learned it is the right way. Yeah. And you think the place you were was like, the, the, they couldn't have taught anything that was wrong. Okay? My argument isn't to, to say that, no, they, they did and you didn't and all of those things. is just be open to your filter being changed. Be, be open to that. And I'm speaking to us all here, okay? Because I think it can be very easy that, that you know, there could be some of us who go, no, but Keith, you don't understand. I've been in this fellowship, and this fellowship teaches everything right, and there's never been anything taught that's been not right or unbiblical. So, so thank you, Keith, for bringing this up for all the others who don't know that. And I'm saying I don't care who you are to a person in here, okay? Is, is listen, allow your filter... To be, to be challenged, okay? Allow that to happen as we read the word, okay? We talked last week because as we, as we came to the conclusion and had an idea of what did he mean when he actually said, like, go do what I'm doing and go make disciples, but how did he mean for us to do that? Like, hey, just go invite lots of people. Well, I, I don't know. I, I didn't. This, this may be sacrilegious, but when I read the Gospels, I don't see Jesus doing that. Well, just go and like, be out of yourself. <laughs> I don't know, it sounds okay. Like, what, what do you mean? So, so we're starting from this place. It's the idea that maybe we don't know really even who he is. Okay, could in fact like for years in, 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 in really great ways that, that we have gone and tried to do something without even knowing who this king is that we're calling people to follow. Right? Could, could that be the case? I don't know. I'm not making that, like I'm not answering that for you. I'm just saying, but could it? And then when we begin talking about what it meant to feed on him, and we talked about, we did a little exercise, just a 30 for 30. I think it's become very clear, okay, that, that this is a, a significant area of repentance that is needed in our community. Significant. I, I think we've nibbled. I think we've lived off of lessons we've heard before. Okay, but I heard so-and-so, they said it this way. 
right? It's kind of like whenever we read the Bible, if you only have the same comment to make every time you hear it, something's not right, right? Because the Word is living and active, and, and our lives are static. Our lives change and grow and seasons change. We talk about feeding on Him. And we talked about Acts chapter 2. We've talked about this in the past. And just the idea of the devotion to the apostles' teaching. The, God's expectation is we would be devoted to His Word. That we would be defined by His Word. Dependent on His Word. That's what His expectation is. When I say His Word, don't just think words on this page. It's the word, it's his message, is, is everything about who God is expressed, okay? And, and there's a, like, we have a finite amount of, like, IQ, and so God knew this and said, I'm going to actually invent words and sentences and paragraphs to be able to communicate in one way, although he communicates in a lot of ways to us. And he's like, I want to be very clear about what my message is, right? And so this is, this is where we're landing right now. And I'd love for you to turn to Jeremiah chapter 23. And here's why. Uh, this chapter, uh, so as God is giving his word to Jeremiah, this is a pretty significant chapter on the judgment of God's prophets and teachers and shepherds. And so when we read it, you may ask yourself, like, okay, well, that's great. Like, who, who are you talking about? Like, because remember, our first and like our first goal here is we have to read this in a way that like the original people would have heard and read. Like, what would they have heard from this message that was written down by Jeremiah? What would they have heard originally in order for us to Bring it to our time today. You go, well, what does this mean for us? And I want to just give you a little thought just from the beginning, okay? Because if you're not aware, in the Old Testament, a prophet wasn't somebody that told the future. Some of the prophet's teachings did foretell something that would be happening. But I think we sometimes incorrectly, we hear the word prophet and we think, oh, he's the guy who he's just telling what's going to happen in the future. The primary job of the prophet of God was to actually be the speaker of God's word to call the people back to God's ways. All right? He, he was this, this person who spoke the actual words of God. All right? That, that, was, that was a prophet, and you had shepherds. He talks about shepherds in here, and he talks about priests. And I want to give a connection right off the bat. So we start like thinking through this is God's word was spoken through these folks. He's telling us, I want my word to be spoken through you to the world. All right. Is he anointing us as a, as like a prophet, like Jeremiah, as Isaiah? There were, there were more, by the way, prophets than we read about here. Was, is he anointing us as that? No, no, no. But very similarly, he's saying, no, my people will go out and they will speak my word in the same fashion that shepherds and priests and prophets did in Israel. 
In the same way, so when we read this, there's this, there's this kind of like lesson running, I hope, in the background going, oh, this may have something to do with us today when it comes to a message that needs to be talked about a little bit. So Jeremiah 23, um, I'm going to start at verse 9, but I want to call attention to the first eight verses, and, and here's the reason why, is Judah and Israel, okay, if you're, hopefully you have in your mind, like, what the nation of Israel looks like, okay, and it was, at this time, was separated into two different nations, two different groups, okay, you had Israel, which was, you read sometimes called the northern kingdom, and you had Judah, that was the southern kingdom, the capital of Israel was Samaria, the capital of Judah was Jerusalem, okay? God's people has split, all right? They were no longer a united kingdom. They were in bad shape right here, okay? Most likely, like the northern kingdom was like right on the verge of being taken captive by the Assyrians, okay? Just because they had, been, they had turned from the teachings. The first eight verses of this chapter is simply God saying, here's what I want you to remember is there are better times are ahead, okay? He talks about coming back and having a new king on the throne, one from the line of David who was going to rule in righteousness and giving Israel new shepherds and new prophets and new priests who will truly handle the word well. And so there's a message of hope on the front end of this. Of, guys, there's lots of bad stuff you're seeing right now. Remember, this story is not done yet, okay? This is not a completed story. But there's something very important. There's a very important message that has to be brought in order for God's people to turn, okay? So in verse 9, we're going to pick up right there. I'm reading from the Christian Standard Bible, so if that throws you off, if you're not there, just that's what I'm going to be reading from today. Concerning the prophets, my heart is broken within me. And all my bones tremble. I've become like a drunkard, like a man overcome by wine because of the Lord, because of his holy words. For the land is full of adulterers. The land mourns because of the curse. And the grazing lands in the wilderness have dried up. Their way of life has become evil and their power is not rightly used because both prophet and priest are ungodly. Even in my house, I have found their evil. This is the Lord's declaration. Therefore, there will be to them, or their way will be to them like slippery paths in the gloom. They'll be driven away and fall down there, for I will bring disaster on them. The year of their punishment, this is the Lord's declaration. And, and we're going to just kind of like break this down as we go. Okay, so Jeremiah is starting out and he's actually, these are his words. My heart is broken within me and my bones tremble. I've become like a drunkard. He, he's, he's received the judgment from God. Okay. And he's like, I, I, I'm trembling. Like I'm, I'm, I'm out of my mind. Like I can't, and this is so disturbing what God has told me to say. This is so heavy what he has told me what his words would be here. 
And he's saying this to the prophets. Okay, he's saying that the land is full of adulterers. Okay, does he just mean adultery in the physical sense of like, no, 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 no. He's talking about spiritual adultery. Okay, there has been a, 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 a taking on of another love by his own people. All right, God's people who, who, who are supposed to be praising him. He has said, no, my very prophets, actually, they found new lovers. And he says, the land mourns because of the curse. And the grazing lands in the wilderness have dried up. Like, there is, there is something that is happening here because of this, okay? Their way of, way of life has become evil. Their power is not rightly used because both prophet and priest are ungodly. Even in my house, I found their evil. What does he say? Their way will be to them like slippery paths in the gloom. I mean, he's proclaiming this judgment. Now, a couple of thoughts, again, just keeping in mind kind of like our present day as we study this, okay? And I want you to consider this. In our present day, he's saying the people who are supposed to be out there telling the world about my righteousness are ungodly. The, the people who are supposed to be doing this are evil. The people who are supposed to be doing this, and he says, so he says this, their way will be to them like slippery paths in the gloom. So here's the interesting thing, okay? Um, I wonder if sometimes it's not like, like understood in our world that there are that there is accountability by not following God's word. It's just built-in accountability. And I wonder if sometimes when we're looking at this and going, man, the people's ways are like slippery paths in the gloom. They're driven away and they fall down and disaster is brought on them. And isn't it easy to go, well, God doesn't do that anymore. Like, like God became a Christian when Jesus came. Is what we think oftentimes. Like, no, 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 he doesn't feel this way any longer. He's not that concerned that his word is actually like revered and spoken of clearly with character and integrity. Except I, I think we do know that that can't be the case. He, he couldn't have. He can't have stopped caring about this. In verse 13, he says, among the prophets of Samaria, I saw something disgusting, okay? So I've shared with you this already, that, that Samaria was the capital of Israel, right? The northern kingdom. Among those prophets, I saw something, he said, disgusting. They prophesied by Baal and led my people Israel astray. Okay, so, so I think just paying attention to this, he's going... God is going, that's disgusting what I see going on over there. Like they actually found someone they love more than me. And that's what they're teaching everyone about. <coughs> is Baal's better? Worship Baal. Okay? And, and he's saying, this is disgusting to me. And then he says this, among the prophets of Jerusalem, 
Also, I saw a horrible thing, okay? In, in an original text, okay, it actually says, in Jerusalem, I noticed an even worse thing. Okay, so can you imagine from, like, let's think about it from God's perspective. He's like, man, my people, it, they're divided, so they're already kind of messed up. But my people in the northern kingdom over there in Samaria, they're being taught, and they're worshiping Baal. They're worshiping a different God. And he said, that's disgusting. And I noticed something in Jerusalem, my other children there in Judah, I saw something worse. He says, they commit adultery and walk in lies. Now, here, here we go. They strengthen the hands of evildoers. And none turns his back on evil. They're all like Sodom to me. Jerusalem's residents are like Gomorrah. Therefore, this is what the Lord of the host says concerning the prophets. I'm about to feed them wormwood and give them poisoned water to drink. For from the prophets of Jerusalem, ungodliness has spread throughout the land. Okay, so he's saying this. He said, I saw a horrible thing. They committed adultery. They strengthened the hands of evildoers, and none turns his back on evil. That was what was going on. It was more disgusting. Was the idea of, yeah, they were maybe coming together still, like, like wanting to worship Yahweh, but no one was being called to turn back. Like, no one was called to repentance. In fact, like people who were living in a way contrary to God, they weren't being called to turn. He said they were actually being strengthened. This may seem weird. This happens today. Like no one wants to sound like Jeremiah today. No one wants to hear this message. It sounds something like this today. Right? It sounds something like us maybe in a small group or having coffee together and talking and all that kind of stuff and going, man, you know what? I, I, really, I really blew it today, man. I, I, you know, everyone in my life I've treated terribly. Or, man, I, I really blew it. I've been all over the place looking at pornography. Or, man, I'm, you know really having a tough time in my dating relationship of it being faithful and honoring God and, and here's what it sounds like listen you're trying I want you to know something God still loves you so are, are you thinking like he's saying you shouldn't tell people that God loves them No, what can happen is, is we can understand that there are things that we do and there's actually maybe even a legitimate reason for that. There, there may be a legitimate reason why things are hard or we're having a tough time like coming into obedience. There may be legitimate reasons for it. But it's very, very easy for us to consider the reason must mean that you are now righteous. Okay, that, what that is, is that becomes that we become excused because of the reason. All right? And so is, is the goal of what he's saying or what I'm saying or something like that, 
Is it to remind everybody God doesn't love you? You should feel horrible about yourself. Man, what's wrong with you? No, 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 of course not. But it's the allegiance to what God is saying about what's happening in our lives. It's being loyal to that message. And going, hey, before I jump ahead for us to comfort each other, let's be loyal to the message of God. And go, hold on a minute. He did not build it. He did not like fill us with his Holy Spirit to live this way. This is tough. It, just, it is. It's tough relationally. It's tough because it's like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to be like that. I don't know if I want to say those things. I don't know. It's be, because here's the truth of the matter. All right. That he, this is the tough part is like the prophets of our day today aren't always just the folks that are up preaching the word is we have false prophets today too. And they have a full run of any kind of medium that's out there from Instagram and podcasts and anything you can do to listen to lessons and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and again, here's what I'm asking us to consider is, am I being taught something by a prophet who is not a prophet of God? Like, am I hearing a prophet of the world around us and going, they sound really great and they've got a gazillion followers. And they say things that I like to hear. Okay. See, that's not real fulfillment. Right. If I'm looking for people to say things that I want that I want to hear, it's just it's that's not fulfilling. That's just like like medicating me for a short period of time. Like God's word is truly fulfilling. Okay. And so this is what happens with us today as well. It's the idea of being, being really, again, the best word I can think of is allegiant and loyal to God. And when there is unrighteousness in the way that we're living, happening, like we have to go back to what did the king teach about this? Because in our wisdom, what ends up happening is what we've all said before, okay? There are so many of us that are sitting in this room right now and what we've said growing up is I didn't want to be a part of a certain group because people said one thing and did another. It very well may be that we, like, there may be a high horse for us to come off of. And go, I'll go hold on a minute. Man, there, there are things in my friend group, we're living in a way that this is not loyal to God. And again, I'm not talking about like cheating on your taxes or, or you know, the, like the big, like stealing things, cheating on your taxes, committing adultery, or not, like, oh, yeah, 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 that all counts, okay? But I'm talking about how we talk about people and how we treat people and how we love people. And unfortunately, that, that may be more serious than anything is to be a group of Christ followers that come together and we don't really know how to love people that well. It's not loving people until they start doing what we want them to do. See, that's not the message of Jesus. 
You see, you see what I'm talking about? Is we, I'm, I'm not, you can have this huge message of like these huge grandiose sins. Except you have these other messages that come through. Okay? Like, no, you can be a follower. Like you can be a saved follower of Jesus. And discipleship is optional. No. Like that, is, that isn't a message from God. That truly is along the lines of what he's talking about. Is there are false prophets that are saying, no, 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 no. I want so desperately for you to stay in this room and please don't leave us. Because we got to have your money. Right? And we got to have, I mean, what good is a church that doesn't have a whole lot of people? That's not even a good church. Like, please don't leave. That's what... That is what the oracle of God has become in many ways. Please don't leave. What can we do to keep you here? Like programs, better technology, different font color. Like, what is it? What on earth? Because please, what we want more than anything is that you don't leave this room. That, but that's, understand something. Anyone that even remotely comes close to that is exactly who he is bringing judgment on. Right? That is not a message from God. So he's saying that this is worse, what Jerusalem is doing. Therefore, this is what the Lord, verse 15, we'll move on through here. Therefore, this is what the Lord of hosts says concerning the prophets. And he says, I'm about to feed him wormwood. So essentially, this idea of God says, I'm going to kill him like poison him, Okay. This is what the Lord of hosts in verse 16 says. Do not listen to the words of the prophets who prophesy to you. They are making you worthless. They speak visions from their own minds, not from the Lord's mouth. I, that really is one of those things where like, we can speak a message. I can speak a message. We can be subjected to a message of where the sole goal of the message is that you will do what I want you to do. So what that looks like, what that can look like as, let's say, a famous, like, let's say a famous person is, I want you to subscribe to my thing. Like, I want you to pay money to do these things that I want you to do. For, for me, it can be like, how can the Clemson Foothills Church look a certain way so that I feel good? Okay, that, that's, a, that's a warped message, man. Yeah. That's a warped message. But he's saying this is what can happen as we start like speaking the words of God. He says, they speak visions from their own minds, not from the Lord's mouth. They keep on saying to those who despise me that the Lord has said, you will have peace. Mm. He says, that's what my prophets are doing. Wow. There's people who despise me and my own prophets are telling him, you, you'll have peace. Is anyone here a people pleaser? I think there's more of us. Okay? Me too. All right? I like, listen, there isn't anything better 
then when you tell somebody and they light up because you you said something good and they wanted to hear it and man you you took some weight off yeah they're oh man this is I'm so glad this is so good oh, man Keith I'm glad you said that and, and in my mind I'm going this is this is why I do the ministry because I feel so great okay <laughs> people pleasing. We could be interacting with people who despise God. But it sounds so good to go, you'll have peace. I know you're good. You'll have peace. Let, let me speak a message to you. You'll have peace. Don't let the idea that you think God is despicable and his teachings are unrelatable change that. Okay, this challenges us on a level of people-pleasing because here's, okay, th this is going out, okay, this is us, like, okay, what did he mean when he was, like, sending us out and how do you do that and all that kind of stuff? They, there is a very dark side. There is a very dark side of disciple-making, and it is, you're going to become my disciple. And you're going to think, I'm great. And you're going to think, I'm incredible. And you all know what? You're going to want to please me. And, and that is a dark side that almost everybody has because it's like, look at, look at these people who are around me and, and it's, don't let them go around to another brother or sister. You know? Well, what if they like someone more than they like me? Okay, this is the dark side of Christianity right here. Okay, it's like, oh my goodness. How could that happen? That they have said to everyone who follows the stubbornness of his heart, no harm will come to you. I feel like I need to put a little something into this right here. Okay. Because what I'm not deputizing and what the word is not deputizing is to be on a headhunting trip right now. <laughs> In that every group you're a part of, that we stop listening to people. Okay? We're going, man, you fire me up, Keith. I'm not going to do that. Everyone who follows the stubbornness of heart, you want to say, harm will come to you. I can't wait for prayer group. Okay? Wait to listen. Right? Like, listen. Why do I know? Okay, I can't overly stress that. And here's why. Because I've done this so often. Okay, it's like, oh man, I got some things in my tool belt. And I'm going to hear somebody share something in prayer group, and I'm going to go, you know what your problem is? You're stubborn. And harm will come to you. Okay, like, let's, let's take a breath here. Okay, Let, let's, let's take a breath. All right, because, because this passage hasn't like, listen, we, we still have grace and mercy and all those kind of things. Directness doesn't have to be loud. It doesn't have to be angry. Okay? It doesn't. Probably shouldn't, right? It doesn't to be direct and going, hey, we can read this. And you want to know what? Man, we can talk about this. And I'm going to tell you, if I care all about following God and their stubbornness and our brothers and sisters who are walking with me through this, this verse is enough. Right? I really like, again... I say this just in caution, and I'm probably just confessing me. You, you probably all would never do this. 
okay? But the idea of now all of a sudden then, I'm going to kind of like overdo this thing and now everything I'm looking at is, you're stubborn and you're gonna be haunted. Let me make sure that I say this in a way that it's just very abrasive. Let's, let's keep in this here. Okay. No more. Let's go on. Verse 18. For who has stood in the counsel of the Lord to see and hear his word? Great question. Who has paid attention to his word and obeyed? Okay. This is good stuff. I like Jeremiah. Jeremiah is actually like, if we could get into the Hebrew a little bit here, like he's got some poetry going on. He's got some sweet wordplay going on here. He's got some questions going on. This is all really good. It's amazing that God can do this good stuff, right? Who has paid attention? Who stood in the council? Look, a storm from the Lord. <coughs> Wrath has gone out. A whirling, uh, a whirling uh, storm. It will whirl about the heads of the wicked. The Lord's anger will not turn back until he has completely fulfilled the purposes of his heart. In time to come, you will understand it clearly. You remember we talk often about scripture is meant to be meditative, <coughs> meaning like we chew on it, we go back, we, and again, if, if we care to follow God, this is how we have to use this, is we have to go back and let this like work on us, like over time, like, like working on us, praying about this, praying through these things and going, man, you know what? I don't always feel comfortable about God's judgment and God's wrath, but he's serious about his word and his message. And he hasn't been Christianized from a standpoint of what we look at. I know he probably couldn't sell a whole lot of books today. Okay. But the truth of the matter is his character hasn't changed. And as followers of his, if we are a people that are serious about let's go make disciples of all nations, then our allegiance has to be first and foremost to him. And what he loves. That's right. And what he it holds most dear. Okay? And so we may find ourselves as we're as we're reading through this, going, man, I've kind of maybe become kind of like a people pleaser and kind of like calling people to me. And and I like to say the good stuff. So people like me and they're happy with me. And and there's and, and going, hold on, that's not what a loyal, allegiant apprentice of Jesus does. Verse 21. I did not send these prophets, yet they ran with a message that I didn't speak to them. Yet they prophesied. If they really had stood in my counsel, they would have enabled my people to hear my words. Amen. Would have turned them back from their evil ways and their evil deeds. Am I a God who is only near? This is the Lord's declaration. And not a God who is far away? Can a man hide himself in secret places where I cannot see him? This is the Lord's declaration. Do I not fill the heavens and the earth? The Lord's declaration. I have heard what the prophets who prophesy a lie in my name have said. They said, I had a dream. I had a dream. How long will this continue in the minds of the prophets? Prophesying lies. Prophets of the... Uh, Prophets of the deceit of their own minds through their dreams that they tell one another they plan to cause my people to forget my name as their fathers forgot my name through Baal worship. The prophet who has only a dream should recount the dream that the one who has my word should speak my word truthfully. For what is straw compared to grain? This is the Lord's declaration. Is not my word like fire 
This is the Lord's declaration. They're like a hammer that pulverizes rock. Okay, I'm going to stop right there for a second, and we're going to wind this up. We're not going to continue through this, okay? But again, hopefully we can see this pattern that's coming along of people speaking the Word of God, and it's speaking in a way that they really don't even know if it's God's message. And it's a message that suits their needs. And it's a message that gets people to do what they want them to do. And worst of all, the worst thing that we've read here is it's a message that doesn't call anyone to turn from their life. Alright, that, that's, that's what we've received and we've heard so far from this. Is that, that right now, according to him, is like the worst. Baal worship was disgusting. But when his message goes out and people aren't called to turn from how they're living. He says, that's even worse. And he says this. He says, um, if they had really stood in my counsel, they would have enabled my people to hear my words and would have turned them back from their evil ways. So there's a takeaway from this. As, as we kind of move ahead, he said, if they had really stood in my counsel, that like they had that chance to do it, if they had really done that, then I would have enabled them to have my message and that they could have helped people turn back. And so it, it begs the question for us as we go forward is, okay, well, what does it look like for me to even come into the counsel of God? Maybe that's the filter I'm not looking through when I'm entering his word. Is that I'm going, what is your counsel, God? What do you say to us? What do you want us to do? If they have really stood in my counsel. You get this idea of a people who are eager. If, if people would have been eager to know what I wanted them to do and how to do it. And if they would have approached me and asked this question, okay? And so this is going to be the soft stop we have right here for this chapter, and we're going to bring it on through. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about us or have any questions, please visit ClemsonFoothills.com. You can also text Foothills to 94000 to stay up to date on everything going on here at CFC.